The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Before I start out on the OKC Thunder, let me just get a couple of things off my chest. One, Number one, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you, uh, and you're wondering what's up with my lip, uh, <laughs> how do I say this in a way that doesn't make me seem like either negligent or uh, a victim? My dog bit me in the mouth. Uh, I don't know why, really. It was unprovoked, sort of. She's a rescue. Made me bleed. So there's a little piece of skin on my lip that's still sort of halfway still on. I can't pull it off or it'll just start bleeding again. So if you're wondering, I've had multiple people ask me, what's going on with your lip? That's what's going on with my lip. If you're listening on the podcast, you probably didn't need this information, but we're going to keep it where it is. So let's start out with the pod. NBA fans this morning woke up to a crazy, crazy sight. Not, no, not Austin Reeves going off for 35. I'm talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder who were down 192 to the Suns with a couple of minutes left to play in OKC. They go proceed and have an 18-2 run against Phoenix. They walk away with a 124-120 win over a team that had given up 69 points, nice, in the first half. It was their seventh win in nine games. That includes wins over the Nets, Warriors, and the Jazz twice. But, But that win was significant. You look at the standings, which I pretty much have to do every single day to figure out what's going on, and the freaking OKC Thunder are now in eighth place. They are 35 and 36, one game out of sixth place. The Oklahoma City Thunder is one game out of not being in the play-in tournament and actually being in the actual playoffs. And guess what, folks? Our you kidding me? This is stunning. I think many people thought this team was going to pack it up at the All-Star break, shut Shea Gilgis-Alexander down, shut Josh Giddy down, shut both Jalen Williams down. I have loved the Thunder for two years now, and even I am like, mm, this is not part of the plan, guys. Uh, you're supposed to be trying to get Scoot Henderson, Victor Wambayama, one of the Thompson twins. Whoever else, that Brandon Miller. One of my favorite league pass teams, but I did not expect them to be in the playoffs. I think, though, people are sleeping on this OKC Thunder team. I was talking to the mainstream media a couple of weeks ago on Amazon. They didn't even know who Shea Gilgis-Alexander was. No shade to them, but they said, who? Who is Shea Gilgis-what? Who is SGA? Is that the same guy? Yes. I don't know, just the top... 
at one point top five in scoring in the NBA, just an absolute bucket leading this team, has been stolen for. OKC stole him, which we'll get to in a bit. So let's break down how they got here. Because it's very clear that they've taken a lot of people by surprise. You're just waking up to the thunder or you're still asleep on the thunder. Let's get you there because OKC's a problem. So it all begins with one of the most mysterious, secretive, cryptic, elusive men on the planet Earth. And I'm not talking about World Wide West. I'm talking about Sam Presti right now. I'm talking about some flowing right now. The myth, the man, the legend. You don't hear his name much. You don't. But behind closed doors, people talk about him in whispers. You talk about him too loud, you might not even be allowed into the building. There's some mainstream media talk too much about what the OKC Thunder do, spilling a little too much tea. And now they're blackballed. <laughs> and most people are pretty, that are in the know, in awe of what he's been able to do in the smallest market in the NBA. So if you don't know about Sam Presti, he's been the GM of the franchise since 2007, back when they were actually still in Seattle. And at that point, Sam Presti was just 29 years old. 29 years old, wet behind the ears. No one expected much. He was one of the first, uh, like, young guns to come into the league in this spot. He was right after Theo Epstein was named GM of the Red Sox at 28. Brought in as this new era, smart, analytically driven executives, later coaches, that would get their shot way earlier than ever, right? He was one of the pioneers in that era. And because of his age, and because the Supersonics were a mess... And because the Supersonics were seen as maybe a team that would leave the area, everyone thought Sam Presti doomed to fail. Bad scenario. Night-night sleep mask for you. First shot out of the box, first moves he makes, he gets Kevin Durant in the, in the draft. And number two, has not looked back since. He then goes on to draft Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Serge Ibaka, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Changes the way that the league works because he was so crafty in how he makes deals, they actually created a whole new league protocol to thwart him. You know how, like, Augusta tiger-proofed Augusta and it did not work? That's what they did with this thing called the Stepien rule. It really should be called the Presti rule, but you know why they didn't call it that? Because you can't even say his name without you getting into trouble. So they had to come up with a new name that was really about him. And that keeps teams from trading multiple first-rounders in consecutive years. So say you have only your own first-rounders. You can't trade a 2022 and a 2023 first-rounder. Boom, boom. You can't be left with no first-rounders in two consecutive years. It also prohibits, which is also very much him, he was trading players to get uh, like draft picks in like 30 years from now. Like you can't, Sam, you can't do that. Only seven years down the line can you get a draft pick for. You can't trade some random player right now for a 2032 first-round pick. This kid's not even in elementary school yet, okay? You can't do that. Back to his success. Sam Presti, within five years of getting the top gig, has the Thunder in the NBA Finals in 2012. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty impressive. Very big deal maker. Nobody's had more blockbuster trades than Sam Presti, and nobody's managed to keep up with the times more either. So the Thunder built around Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. That hits a wall. Kevin leaves, Russell Westbrook starts to stall. Then he starts his first real rebuild since the franchise moved from Seattle in 2019. So they had Paul George, and they had 
Russell Westbrook, and they moved them both for a boatload of draft picks. That is the genesis of today's OKC Thunder team. In essence, here's what Presti did four years ago. He turned Serge Ibaka into Shea, Jalen Williams, and three future first-round picks through three trades. Here it is as follows. Serge Ibaka for Victor Oladipo and Damana Sabonis. First of all, that's a fucking theft. No shade to Serge Ibaka, but that is theft. Robbery. Then takes Oladipo and Sabonis and flips them almost immediately for Paul George. Turns Paul George into Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, and five future first-round picks. One of those first-round picks has already turned into Jalen Williams. Now you have three first-round picks coming up in the next two years. That's how it's done. That is how it's done, folks. The team was supposed to be probably a contender either next year or the year after, after Chet Holmgren goes down with the Liz Frank injury when he was playing in that pro-am, right? You're like, okay, you're over. Chet's done. This is another development year. Maybe try to get Victor Wambanyama or Scoot Henderson or something. Compete, build on it, but you're not a playoff team. But now you got three healthy 2022 draft picks that are Jalen Williams with an E, Jalen Williams with an I, Usman Jangs, all finding a way to play valuable minutes. And one of them, Jalen with an E, might be the best rookie in the league not named Paolo Bancaro right now. In his last 10 games, Jalen Williams is averaging 20.4, 6, and 5. And two steals per game, I mind you. Stole him. Stole him. Jalen with an I is averaging 7, 5, and 1 in his last 10. And Usman Jang is coming around as well, 8, 4, and 1 in his last 10 games. Quick trip to math school. Let's do that for a second. Shows that the Thunder have three rookies on this team contributing 35, 15, and 7. Did I mention again? Chet Holmgren sitting on the bench. Liz Frank injury. He was the one who was supposed to be bringing it home. He hasn't played one NBA minute yet. And also taking jumpers pregame. He's currently back in the gym. Come on. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Most teams would hope that just one rookie can get 15 minutes without destroying the team chemistry and turning the ball over a million times and not being in winning basketball situations. All three of the rookies averaging anywhere from 18 to 27 minutes per game and winning and in the playoff hunt? This is scary. Here is something that should scare everyone who is not a fan of the Thunder. The average age of the Thunder is not even 24 years old. Wow. There's no one on this roster over the age of 28. Dario Saric, who was, let's be honest, came in on a salary dump. He was born in 94, and he's three years older than the next oldest player, which is Lindy Walters, who is ancient for this team at 25. For this team to be this good with this many players who can contribute on a night-to-night basis with no Chet this fast, oh my God, it is scary hours. Be afraid. If your favorite team is in the Western Conference, be afraid. Look at these numbers of the last 10 games. Josh Giddy, 17, 9, and 8 with a steal per game. Shea, 35, 5, and 5 with two steals per game. Yeah, that's, those are, that's a laughable stat line. Lou Dort, 
14-4-2 with a steal per game. They all are averaging a steal. They also, mind you, have deep bench guys like Aaron Wiggins, Isaiah Joe, Trey Mann, Kenrick Williams. Guys that if the mainstream media doesn't know who Shea is, I promise you they don't know who Kenrick Williams is. All contributing at various times. These kids don't even care that they get DMP coaches' decisions, DMP CDs. They're like, they will sit out three straight games for no reason whatsoever and then all of a sudden get 28 minutes and, and put 25 up on your head. That's how ready they are. They stay ready. And then they've got this Poku kid who I've talked about before, Alexi Pokashevsky, who's been on rehab in the G League. Be afraid of him as well. He could be ready by playoff time. He is giving buckets up. He is blowing the doors off people in the G League. Quick question. If you're a top four seed the West, are you afraid? Because I would. Do you want any part of the OKC Thunder in the playoffs? I would not. I would not. The Kings and the Thunder would be an amazing match. I would love to see a 2-7 two, a two Kings-Thunder matchup. The Suns obviously don't want any part of the OKC Thunder because they were up how much with two minutes left to go? And then all of a sudden they look up and they're like, these dudes have scored 20 straight points on us and we have scored zero. In the span of three minutes, we looked like we had a comfortable lead to all of a sudden we were like, uh-oh, this is not good. They can score fast. Their runs are largely based off of deflections, steals, block shots. Quick little fact for you. OKC is third in the NBA in steals per game. What? This little ramshackle team, third in the league in steals per game. So this little baby team, they are a problem. They're growing up right before our eyes. This team actually reminds me of the Memphis Grizzlies, the year that they knocked off the Warriors in the play-in tournament. And then they played the Utah Jazz, and they beat the Utah Jazz in the first game of the playoffs, and everybody's like, oh, my God, what is going on? Dylan Brooks just put up, I think, 25 in that game, and Jaw was looking crazy, and Utah looked scared in their boots. Utah ends up winning that series pretty comfortably, but you think to yourself, oh, yeah, this team's pretty good. This team could be really, really good fast. That's the OKC Thunder right now. So will they win at all this year? Of course not. But when you add Chet Holmgren to this team, and they have two first-rounders, in the coming draft, one of which will surely be a lottery pick. Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. The Thunder, I'm calling it now, could be a new power in the West before you know it. So, speaking of the Thunder, I thought I would update everyone on this NBA refing situation. We talked about this, what, last week with um, Fred Van Fleet? So you remember Fred Van Fleet, he lit up Ben Taylor, who uh, had called texts on him at grotesque, inappropriate, disproportionate levels, right? Fred Van Fleet said Taylor was fucking terrible. I think on most nights, you know, out of the three officials, there's going to be one or two that just fucked the game up. That was Ben Taylor, right? Tell me how you would really feel, Fred. Predictively, things, a couple of things happened. First, the league, of course, fine, Fred Van Fleet. You knew that would happen. Second... Multiple players that we discussed, like Marcus Smart, came out and were like, yes, Fred is the man. He is right. Listen to him. So it got worse. It did. It's now getting at a boiling point. Mark Dagnell, the OKC Thunder head coach that nobody knows. Uh, who? Yeah, we did a piece on him a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago because nobody knows who he is. He said this, I didn't get any technicals in my first two years. 
I'm prioritizing getting my point across at the expense of getting a technical. Fairness and consistency. We need those things from the league and from the refs. So I have a theory about Mark Dagno that I'm going to run by you guys, which is that Mark Dagno, his name is really Tony from Long Island. He's in witness protection program. And he's now the head coach of the OKC Thunder because he's laying low and no one knows who he is. But now Tony from Long Island's coming out and straight up yelling at refs. Did you see what he said? He said, if you're not talking to me, I'm not talking to you. What? I, I think he is now putting himself squarely on the radar of Jimmy Baxter and them boys. He is now enemy number one. They're like, yo, Tony, you is that is, is, is that Tony from Long Island? No, no, that's Mark Dagno. No, you see how he just said, are you talking to me? If you're not talking to me, I'm talking to you. That's Mark Dagno. What a better way to hide in plain sight than to become the head coach of the OKC Thunder where Sam Presti protects all. Sam Presti takes takes players in and rehabs them, takes people who are running from the mob and rehabs them. This is the perfect place to become someone else. So when the NBA's only coach in the witness protection program risks blowing his cover and becomes a target, you know that you fucked up. If you're not talking to me, I'm not talking to you. Turns his back on, points straight into his face. Yeah, we got a referee problem, folks. Memo to Adam Silver. You need to fix this shit with the refs and fix it fast because you can't have another Scott Foster situation in the playoffs. And you can't have our son, Mark Dagno, a.k.a. Tony from Long Island, getting put back onto the radar of those he's running from. <laughs>